right. Well, good morning, everybody. It is good to have you here today. Welcome to Callwood Church. How many of you are ready for Christmas? Let's see. It. Wow, this crowd is not engaged with Christmas. And the nine o'clock was just lovely. How many of you are like halfway getting ready to Christmas then at least, or you're just starting? Wow, this is very interesting. I'm going to have to wake you up a little bit here this morning. This is good. Well, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team, and it is uh, it's good to be home. Lisa and I have had some time away, and uh, enough about that. I'll talk a little bit maybe about that a little bit later, but it is good to have you here. It's good to have you online, and we're ready to uh, jump in today. Now, the Advent season um, begins today in the, in the church, and it's an important season because, as you've heard already expressed today, it is the anticipation. It is the coming. And really, when I looked at the Advent season, over the next uh, several weeks, and I think it's going to be really good for us. In fact, as I've been processing getting to Advent this season, I've, I've thought of a couple things. Number one is, I find it really interesting that God deposits this season into what is kind of like the coldest part of our year, Right? Like, it's cold outside. I know the sun is shining a little bit today, but that'll soon disappear, and rain will probably come back to Victoria. Uh, not only that, but when it comes to the sun and the moon, this really is the darkest time of our year as well. And yet, for some reason, God decides to deposit this story, this light, in the midst of perhaps what could be cold in your life or what could be perhaps the darkest season of your life. I mean, I'm even mindful in our own story. Yesterday, we celebrated Lisa's dad's birthday. Lisa's dad's passed away four years ago. I understand that when it comes to the Christmas season, this is not easy for everybody. And yet, in the midst of all of it, in this beautiful love story, God deposits light, and his name is Jesus. Aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus is a part of this story for us today? Now, the other thing that I, I've learned about Christmas is that it is tons of fun. I mean, there are so many things when you think about Christmas and it comes to the color and the decorations and the art. Everybody is excited to kind of get in and beginning to, you know, set things up. And, and for instance, here today, how many of you have already set up your Christmas trees? Let me see your hands, okay? Like, you're excited. You know what it is. And, and I'm curious to know this as well. How many of you have got the Christmas tree that perhaps could be just a little bit more kiddish? It's got a lot of color on it. It maybe doesn't come all together. You've got the knickknacks that the kids have maybe created, and you got the, how many of you got those types of trees that are in your house? God bless you. Uh, and then let's see how many of you have stolen Christmas from the children and made your adult trees. Like, who are you, right? <laughs> Whether or not you have children or not doesn't matter, but you know who you are. In our house, we have one of each tree. Like, that's, that's just the happy balance. Lisa's got her adult tree, and Anaya and I um, have our kid tree. And she permits it to happen in our house. And Christmas is much better. I mean, it's just what happens when it comes to Christmas. But it is all about art and decoration and color. And over the next four weeks, what I'd like to do for our Advent series is I want to introduce to you some art that I guarantee you is not hanging on the walls of your home, nor is it on your tree anywhere. We're going to look at four pieces of art, and with that art, we're going to look at a couple of words. But the author today that we're going to look at, his name is Scott Erickson, and he wrote this book called Honest Advent. 
Honest Advent is this journey that he writes 25 uh, pieces of devotional content, and he's created a new piece of art for each of the, the pieces of devotional that he presents. And the unique part about this, and, and what I'm hoping to do in, in this December season for us, is I want you to think of the Christmas story through a different lens. So for instance, Scott, he actually writes these devotionals through the perspective of being a pregnant woman. Scott's a man, has a wife who's gone through giving birth to her children, had a friend who worked through, but the perspective of what Scott does in this work is truly brilliant, and we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit, and it's a different lens from an ageless love story. And I want us to have our eyes open to another thought, one that will provoke, hopefully, some new imagination. So over these next four weeks, we're going to present to you four different images, and then we're going to attach them to four different words. The words that you will learn through the month of December with us are these, seen, counselor, father, and with. And we're going to unpack that together. Now, due to the unease and the unrest that our world is experiencing these days, have you noticed what's going on? I mean, it is crazy to watch what is happening. We decided to then take the Christmas series title and kind of give it a little bit of a ring that many of us know. And so we've titled this series Christmas Cheer, because how many of you know that our world needs some Christmas cheer these days? So it's a very popular phrase, but we're going to look at these pictures, and we're going to hopefully try to bring the cheer of a Christmas season, because we do recognize for a lot of people, it is hopeless, it is dark, it is cold, but I'm telling you today that by God's grace, people will see Jesus Christ through what we're about to teach over these next few weeks because it really is about him and this incredible love story. Amen? So with that in mind, we're going to read our text today, one verse, and here's the verse that comes out of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2, and it reads this, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. Nothing. Nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing. This is a description of Jesus. Are you encouraged? Nothing. Yet this is what our author wrote about today. So let's pray and let's process a little bit together this morning. So Father, thank you for this day. And I pray that you will help us again now to uh, learn about you, to submit our life to you. I pray for our eyes today that they would be opened, we would be revealed something, apocalypse, again, to perhaps something in the Christmas story that I haven't seen quite the way I have today. And so I pray that you will use my words in the preparation. I pray that it will bring glory to you and to you alone. Jesus, I thank you for this time. Use it, we pray, and I ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Here's the picture that I'd like for you to see, and this is a Christmas picture for you to look at. And we're going to speak today from the subject of scene. So go ahead, take a look. I want you to find the Christmas story in the picture. It's okay, you can even talk to your neighbor, tell them what you see. But I mean, when I'm looking at this uh, picture, when I first saw it, I was intrigued, number one, by the tree. Tree is probably one of my favorite symbols. And I love it because of what it represents of my own spiritual life and my own spiritual walk. Perhaps that's why I chose this picture. Don't know. But then, you know, you see the hands there, and immediately I, I thought of that song. He's got the whole world in his... Like, but maybe that's not fitting because shouldn't it be a world instead of a tree there? But we all look at this stuff differently. 
when you see pieces of art like this, but this idea of scene. Now, one of the primary theological positions of the Christmas season comes in this one word called incarnation. And I know that we have been doing a series called in doctrine, and that was out of Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to get to Ephesians chapter 2 when we get to the new year, but we're taking this pause. But to enter into the Advent season, we have to look at the theological position of the Christian church, and it is this word incarnation. For those of you that are maybe unfamiliar with this word incarnation, like what does this mean? And I often attach it to reincarnation. That's not this church, okay? So don't go there. But it's this idea of incarnation, which means this is that deity has stepped into human flesh. That's ultimately what we're talking about. So when we look at the Christmas season, it really is the expression of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, who out of his luxuries of heaven and eternity stepped onto this earth. Yes, this broken and devastated earth, he stepped in and we've got this incarnation. He took on human flesh and he dwelt among us. John chapter 1 verse 14 actually reads that for us today. It says that the word, and the word is Jesus. Jesus became human and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The precursor, though, to even get to this, that the fact that Jesus stepped out of heaven and dwelt among us, he walked with him, he felt the same way, he touched, he smelled, he did it all the same way that you and I get to do it. The precursor to this comes out of John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, and here we, again, we see it. It says, in the beginning, the Word, that's Jesus. So let's phrase it that way. In the beginning, Jesus already existed. Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Jesus gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We come to Advent today because there is a light that will never fade nor go out. And his name is Jesus. And he is here for you. And he is here for me. And I love these words that are penned to us today because this is important for this idea of incarnation. Jesus decided to step into this earth. Why would you do that, Jesus? Well, here's the answer. Look at your neighbor. That's who he came for. That's why he decided to step into earth. And the picture that we showed, the author, Scott Erickson, says this, and this is where we're going to kind of pick up our story today. Incarnation is the process of becoming seen. And to be seen is to allow yourself to be known. And to be known is to risk being loved or not. Take a look at that. Key steps there. I love this. Are you seen today? Are you, have you allowed yourself to be known? Have you also risked being seen and known? And perhaps some of us today would understand this, that you have been loved and you have been rejected by people. But today, this is what we're going to look at. I want us to consider this in the start of this Advent season. I want you to consider how Jesus chose to be seen didn't have to. He could have stayed. He could have did everything from up there. He's that good. But he chose to be seen. He chose to step out of that into this. 
And because of that, there's an invitation that comes to you and I together today as well, and that he is asking, will you be seen? Will you allow your life to be seen, to be known, and to risk what that may look like when humanity looks at you? Because I know this one thing about me. Humanity is always looking. Everybody's got opinions. Everybody has something to say, correct? I mean, the reality is, and I understand this for myself and our pastoral team, oftentimes that when we stand on stages or we're leading in churches, we're in a fishbowl. Everybody could see us. Everybody's got a lot of opinions, believe this or not. But this is just the reality, is when you present yourself in front of people, you are now seen. But today, I would admit that we have a problem when it comes to being seen or being loved. Let's go back to the love story. This is a love story. This is God's pursuit of you and I through Jesus Christ. But we have a problem with this when it comes to our spirituality because many of us believe that in order to be loved by God, that we have to earn his love which means we have to strive, we have to work at it, we've got to like do this and do that in order to earn the love of God versus just receiving the love that he gives to us. I mean, I love being able to celebrate today the communion table. That's the Easter story, but here's the Christmas story, and they're combined together today. Before we get to the Easter story, we got to get to the birth story, and it's the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And it is because of love that he stepped into the earth to redeem humanity to himself. And I think that when it comes to this idea of being seen, there are many of us in this room today, you like to be seen. And oftentimes we'll call those people extroverts. Um, you, you know who you are, you know what happens. And then there are some of us in this room today, you don't want to be seen whatsoever. Introverts is what we call you. And you are fearful right now that I may isolate you and do something with you from this stage. I won't do it, but we understand being seen. I understand that when it comes to being seen, many of us will do it with this device that we've got right here. I don't know if you've played this out yet, but you can like send a text message to somebody, right? Or you do something else on a social media platform, and there's this little bubble underneath what you send, and it says delivered. And how many of you have looked back to the bubble to make sure that it turned from delivered to being sent? or to being seen. Like, we understand what it means to be seen, and yet this is intriguing that in this Christmas season, Jesus decided to be seen. And so we're going to kind of play around with this and kind of see what will happen with it. I will say, though, our flourishing as human beings is going to happen when we learn to receive rather than trying to earn this love story. And we want to look at those perspectives together today. Let's pull the picture back up. You have your opinions on how you interpreted it, but let me give you um, a little bit from the author's lens as to what he would say. The hands are the giver of life. Notice what the hands are doing, or maybe perhaps notice what they're not doing. They're not this. They're open. So what we begin to see is that the giver of life is extending an invitation to you in this Christmas season to receive him to be in relationship with him. The tree that is in that picture, it symbolizes the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The fact that he is now seen, the world had the opportunity to witness him. You'll also notice that on that tree, there's a lot of flourishing happening. It's sprouting, its roots will dig deep into the hands that are there. There is a flourishing, and the picture that we even see here is that Jesus is the flourishing tree. He is the incarnation of God, but not only that, that you and I, we have a way to be grafted into that tree so that no matter what season you may be in today, no matter what is going on in your life, you have an ability to graft into the tree that will bring a flourishing to your life. 
pretty amazing, eh, when you look at different artwork, especially when you try to connect it to a Christmas theme. It's not standard, it's not normal, but here we go. There's something there that we want to pay attention to. But it all comes down to this. Jesus chose to be seen. And because he chose to be seen, I think that there are some things that we should explore together, some truths that we probably should consider as we proceed into this Advent season. Number one, if you want to be seen today, I want us to understand that it is universal. This idea today is that we are all going to be invited to be seen, just like Jesus himself was seen. And I know that many of us here in this place today, we, we know what it's like to be seen. I mean, let me prove it to you. We would play this game growing up called hide and seek. How many of you ever played this game? All right, like, okay, a couple of you. How many of you have never played hide and go seek? Okay, because we're going to play it right now if you haven't. All right, like, like this is that much fun. And now nobody is putting their hand up because we all know the objective of this game. It is that as kids, we would run around and we would hide and we would try to like spend as much time away as we could. But the whole purpose of hide and seek was to then be found. That was the whole perspective. And I think some of us adults have forgotten what it's like to be seen sometimes, right? I mean, this is what happens in our lives. But like, I encourage you, we're walking into the Christmas season right now. Many of you are going to go to your parties. You're going to have work parties or school parties or neighborhood parties. I dare you to walk into your party wherever it is and say, let's play a game of hide and go seek right now. See what happens with those adults and what begins to take place, right? Some people are going to look at you like, what are you doing right now? It's like, well, let's play hide and go seek. Well, some people would be like, yeah, I'm going to totally do this. And some of you would be like, yeah, I'm actually going to play. And you are going to be so lost that you're going to leave the party and not have to go back to it, right? So like it's the, whatever we do here, but this hide and go seek thing, the whole purpose is that we are seen. Now there is a sneaky definition to the tree visual that I have presented to you today. And I want us to consider it. So let's maybe just put that picture back up there. But this is what I need you to see. The tree in its glory is a tree. Not anything else. It's not trying to be a cat. Thank God. It's not trying to be a rock. It is not trying to be an avocado. It is, in its glory, a tree. Its beauty lies within its bark. Its beauty lies within its roots, or perhaps the branches that are all around it. A tree is just a tree, and it tries to be exactly that. Yet one of the unique qualities of us being human beings together, and Yana, let's put this up onto the screen. One of the unique qualities of being a human out of all other living species is our capacity to reject ourselves, to hide our identity, to put a mask on, to not be seen. I will not ask you to admit whether or not this is you because I already know the answer. We have all done this. One of our unique capacities is that we are going to reject, hide, and choose not to be seen. Yet this is intriguing because Jesus in the Christmas season chose to show up and he wanted to be seen. And yet we don't want to be seen. So that's interesting. So we'll play around with that in a moment. So Lisa and I, with another couple, um, had the opportunity to be in Mexico. Uh, many of you have said, you look dark. Yes, I am, because I had sunshine where I was. It was great. 
I had a fantastic time. I remember setting up on the first day, and I kind of picked my chair for the rest of the week, and it was lodged between the beach and the pool, and I had my spot. I'm a people watcher, and so all I wanted to do is watch people. I, didn't, I brought a book. I didn't even read my book once. It was awesome. I sat there, and I had noticed in the pool um, there was this uh, guy, and this guy's name was Willie. And uh, I, I noticed that Willie, um, he, he was the people pleaser. He was the crowd guy. Everybody uh, knew who Willie was. He was everywhere. He was trying to schmooze every female that he probably could. Uh, but he's there with his buddies. And this is what I, I recognized uh, as I was watching in the pool that day. And, and, and it was like this. God is like, pay attention to Willie. And I'm like, God, I'm on vacation. Find somebody else. He's like, no, 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 I want you to pay attention to Willie. And so I, I did. And I started to watch some of the patterns and the things that Willie was doing. Now, he's there um, on a vacation himself with three other buddies. He was from Majorca, Spain, uh, but Italian in his, his upbringing. And these guys were there for having, they were ready just to have a good time. And I, and I, and I introduced myself finally to Willie by jumping in the pool one day because him and his buddies were throwing a football around. Well, sports is my language. And so I jump in the pool and I'm like, I wave my hands around. Hey, throw the football. He throws it to me. It's great. And now I'm in. I'm in with Willie and the boys from Majorca. Just take me with you to Spain and we'll be good, right? Like I, I'm there in the pool and we're throwing the football around and then Lisa's sitting over here and I'm like, I kind of got that signal with Willie too. I'm like, throw me the ball. I'm going to miss it. You're going to get her wet. He does it. She gets wet. She freaks out. Willie! And he's like laughing his head off, but he comes over interested. Now we're, we're in with Willie. We're suddenly there. Here's the one thing I noticed about Willie though. Willie wanted to be seen. There was something about Willie that needed everybody to pay attention to him. Willie is a 45-year-old gentleman. He is former military out of Italy. He is a personal trainer. The guy was jacked, tattoos everywhere. Good-looking dude, all right? And all of a sudden, I'm in the pool with Willie and his friends, and I'm kind of, and it's very kind of separate, but Willie wanted to be seen, and so I connected with him. I decided to jump in and to see what would happen. A lot like Jesus, who decided to jump in to earth. He wanted to be seen. He wanted people to know who he was. He wanted people to see that he would do it different than everybody else. And the best part about Jesus jumping into the pool of life with us is he wanted to see you. And his invitation is like, will you be seen as well? Which proposes a problem. Right, because I said, if the incarnation is the start of the process of being seen, and then what happens now is that you are going to be known. And here's the deal with us humans. We don't like it when people know things about us. Or maybe those things that we'd like to hide from other people. Which leads us to our second point. Being seen is, is risky. Have you ever noticed this before in your life? I mean, being seen and allowing people into this inner circle of your life can be risky. I've had really good people in my life who I love deeply, who have disappointed me, said things about me. I think of Jesus, who had people in his group of 12 who decided in making himself known to them, who denied him, who rejected him, who turned their back on him. I mean, this thing about being seen is just purely risky because people are going to get to know you, and to be known is a very risky place to be. But did you notice our text that we read today? And its description of this Jesus that we so much love and we sing about and we celebrate when we come to an Advent season. Notice what it said to him. It says, my servant grew up 
in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot. Okay, I've, I, have, I have moments with this when I look at this description because what I see right here is that that sounds seemingly weak and insignificant to me. This is not a mighty tree. This is like a little guy who is just trying to make his way in the world. This is what Jesus' description is. I find that really interesting today that this is what Isaiah would say to us together. It says that he's a root in a dry ground. So Jesus shows up and the, and the, and the whole soil, the, the framework of what he comes into is Roman oppression, people looking for a savior, the climates politically through government and ec- economy are all disrupted. And it says that this root shows up and he comes into a dry ground. That's not a really pleasing place to be, don't you think? But this is where Jesus shows up. Then it goes on to say there's nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. There's nothing to attract us to him. Now, please hear me. I am not saying that Jesus was ugly, okay? I'm I'm not saying that at all. But it, it does show me that he didn't have the advantage of good looks. This is the description of Jesus saying, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be seen. Okay, you think you could have came in with a little bit more oomph than that, Jesus. But he didn't. He showed up like this because he wanted to be seen. And what he did in that moment is he risked his whole entire life of being known. And you want to know why I know that's true? It's because some of you have accepted this Jesus, and there are many in this world today who have said, no way, I'm not coming close to you. Jesus himself risked it all by showing up and being seen. And I think that that's interesting for us all. The text that follows that verse also says this. I'll just read it for you. It says that he was despised and rejected. How many of you would like to show up, be seen, and then be despised and rejected by somebody else? None of us. We don't want that. This is what it says about Jesus. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him, and he looked the other way, and he was despised, and we just didn't care. Like Jesus decided to be seen. Jesus decided to be known, and he risked it all. And guess what? Humanity has been playing yo-yo with him for centuries. And then Jesus says to us now in the Advent season, you want to be seen? Will you risk being known by people? Because it's risky, but there's something there that if you pay attention to it, could change your life. Our author, Scott Erickson, says this about this idea of risk, and I really liked his words. He says, why is being seen so hard? And it's hard because when you decide to live into your true self, your strengths and weaknesses, your light and shadow, your superpowers and your kryptonites, you are revealing yourself to the world. And now you could be touched, loved, rejected, embraced, ignored, and all the other complicated interactions that come with human relationships. This is exciting and terrifying and why some of us are questioning whether revealing yourself is, is worth it. I'm here to tell you today that being seen is risky. So one day, um, I'm, uh, I go to the washroom, and who shows up is Willie. <laughs> Willie comes into the washroom with me. I'm like, okay. He's like, Canada, Sean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, Willie, have you ever been to Canada before? He's like, nope. But I love Canada. I'm like, oh, yeah, Willie, why do you love Canada? And this is what he said to me. You're women. <laughs> no word of a lie. I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes on. He's like, yeah, I've, I've probably been with a couple of them here at this resort already. 
caught my attention. I'm like, Willie, why are you talking to me in the bathroom? First of all, uh, this is a little bit weird, but this was Willie's response. So I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. I have to dig in. I walked away from that interaction, and I'm like, God, what? Where? How? Like, what? And it was the, the next day where I picked up the story. I hopped back into the pool with Willie. And I began to learn some things about Willie that uh, showed me the universality, not a word, uh, of, of all of us being seen, but it's risk. I learned that Willie, um, from a young age, his uh, parents divorced. Mom became extremely addicted to lose her life. Because of that, he separated from his dad at an early age, and actually just up to three years ago, he reunited with his father after like a 20-year-plus hiatus from relationship. He is, he's wandering the world. The proverbial song, he's looking for love in all the wrong places. This is Willie's path right now because there's a deep hole inside of him. And the reason why Willie wants to be seen is because of all of the brokenness and the holes that are occurring in his life. And the truth of the story is that Willie tells me in a pool, like, a lot of people don't know these things about me. I'm just the fun guy. I'm the guy who will do anything just to get a laugh or a look. And it was there where I started to realize, like, yeah, when when we actually decide to get known by somebody else, there's a lot of risk in it, right? Like, with your bumps, your bruises, and your scars, and we all got them, there's a great risk in that because someone is either going to reject you or someone's going to take you in. And I couldn't believe that in Mexico, God is teaching me a story through a man named Willie. And I don't know what's going to happen with Willie. I I, I did not get the opportunity to lead him to Christ or anything, but I sure shared with him about hope. And there's there's moments, and Canada really is, is really nice. You should come to Canada and just check it out. But I noticed there that in Mexico, I was still on assignment. And God had Willie and I have an interaction together. And I recognize with Willie, he didn't want to be too known. You see, incarnation is the process of being seen. That's what Jesus did. And it is completely risky. Jesus has been rejected by many people as much as he's been accepted by many people. But I'm telling you, it is necessary to step into the risk for us as humans today. Notice this about Jesus. Jesus was not void of hardship and heartbreak. He was misunderstood by his community. His family was even skeptical about him. And some thought that he was the spawn of Satan. But Jesus decided in Advent to be seen. I'll show you who I am. I'm going to change it around. Not only is being seen universal, we're all going to have to do it. Not only is it risky, which it is. Number three, being seen is very rewarding. Let me explain this. You may be hurt, past, present, future, by people. They are going to wound you. People are going to disappoint you, fail you. Jesus stepped into that reality as well. His own best friends denied him. And this idea of being rewarding is this. So, Jesus, why would you do it? Why would you step out of heaven? Why would you take all of the beauty and the splendor of what it is and what we're, we know it to be? Why would you step onto this earth with all of this brokenness and nonsense? And that's exactly what Jesus decided to do. 
is to bring a redemptive plan so that he could make things better again. I don't know if we've got that visual ready to rock and roll again, but I want you to consider the tree in the picture. Tell me where it's rooted. Well, if we understand the hands to be God, I want you to see where Jesus was rooted. In God. Like he, even though he would be mocked and ridiculed, even though he would be despised and rejected, Jesus is right in the palm of God's hands. That root in dry soil was able to be sustained because he was grafted into God. So I don't know what your darkness is. I don't know what your cold is these days. But I'm here to declare to you that if you allow yourself to be rooted and grafted into the foundation of God, there is great reward in the midst of the chaos and the trial that will come your way. The biggest deal, though, is will you risk being seen? Will you risk showing up to be known and allow yourself to be situated in the Father's hands? The Word shows us that Jesus flourished. He became mature and grew, and he gained favor with God and man. And you too today have the opportunity to have that flourishing in your life when you're grounded in God, but it has nothing to do with earning it. The beautiful love story picture here today is that God gives you his love. He invites you to be seen because he knows you're broken. And he invites you into that invitation, into that beautiful slow dance to say, I see you for who you are, and I'm going to love you just the way you are. And in that love, we are changed, and we process ourselves as well in this life. Humans are going to disappoint you. They're going to fail you. But guess what? God is going to reward you when you are grounded in who he is, because I believe best that it is in the messes that God begins to flourish you when you allow him to. But will you be seen? When I think of Jesus in the Christmas story, in the Advent this year, and through this new graphic, may it be known that the giver of existence took the same risk that we all have to take daily. He stepped in front of humanity and said, here I am. This is what you're going to get. And you and I get to relate to Jesus that way today and consider it right like the king of the universe decided to show up as a baby do you know what babies do they cry a lot puke and poop this is the picture jesus that you're going to give to us like why not come in on the triumph triumphant horse a baby and he chose to be seen as a baby and he grew up through everything that we've experienced Jesus decided to be seen. And because he decided to be seen, I know that my life is forever changed. And I hope today that your life would be forever changed in this Advent season. That you would recognize that this word seen matters. Jesus showed up. He's inviting you to show up. Christmas is all about the incarnation. Deity became flesh, dwelt among us. Jesus decided to be seen, and it has changed many people's lives. So today, please be grounded in his hands, graft in, know his love. You don't have to earn it anymore. 
All because King Jesus decided to show up as infant Jesus. And he changed it all. And today, that's good news, yes? That's hope. The light has come, and the darkness can't extinguish it. So I hope today that you will choose, as your king did, to be seen, to be known, to risk being loved, because at the end of the day, he loves you so much. And there's nothing you can do to escape that. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I'm so thankful that, Jesus, you decided to be seen. You stepped out of heaven's luxuries. And people despised and rejected you, and yet you still stood there. Today, I'm thankful for the cross and the resurrection. Yet it all began in a manger, and we can't forget this part. You decided to step out of heaven, to walk this earth, to be God with us. And centuries and centuries ago, that changed it all. As we come to this season of Advent, Jesus, we know that you have come once. But the second Advent that we celebrate here today is that you're coming again. And you're coming again for your bride. And I'm thankful today that we can live in that anticipation and in that hope. Because you're that good. So today I pray that you will help us to be seen to be known, to understand its risk, but to know that we could be sustained in it because of your incredible love, given, not earned. And I'm thankful for that today. With all eyes closed in this place, heads bowed, perhaps you have never entered into the relationship with Jesus like that. Perhaps you've never known that Jesus showed up to be seen so that you would have life, that you would have hope. Well, that is the story today. And it gets better because he died, but he resurrected. He is alive. And one day soon, Jesus is coming back for his church. And the only way that we get to be a part of that is accepting the relationship, the open hands of God saying, I want relationship with you. So perhaps you're in this room today and you've never accepted Jesus as Savior. I would like to invite you to him today. On the count of three, I'm going to look across this room, and if you'd like a relationship with him, you raise your hand, look me in the eye, and then you can slip your hand back down. If you're online, you could click that link. That will show you the opportunity there. One of our pastors will be on um, your, your side. We'll come and talk to you about this. This is a big decision for somebody today. Jesus decided to be seen, and now you be seen. So if that is your story, you're saying, I want Jesus in my life. On the count of three. One, two, three. Is there anybody here with a raised hand? I see your hand. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. If you've raised your hand, pray this prayer with me today. Jesus, I thank you that you were seen. I thank you that you showed up into this broken world, a world that I am a part of. And I've got brokenness. I've got pain, hurt, cold, dark. But today it is because of your love that you stepped into that risk too. So today I step towards you. And I accept your love that you died for me. You rose again to cover my sin. And today as I enter into this Christmas season, I see it differently. 
And I'm thankful that you decided to be seen so that today I could be seen. And I pray that you will help me in that journey to be more like you and what that means. And I thank you that your light exposes all my darkness and that that light is now what permeates my life. So I thank you for coming and being mine. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we say thank you to those who said yes to Jesus today? For those of you that did raise your hand, whether in the house or online, please do this. Text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. This is an important next step in that journey so that we can um, share with you what does that decision mean. Take advantage of that as well. Um, as you head out into your week, a couple of things. Number one, if you're brand new to Callwood Church today, welcome. Merry Christmas to you. Our pastors are all in the back right there. They are waiting for you, so make sure you go say hi to them. I think Pastor James was telling us that there's still some baking available. Jim? All right, so through this door, you can go get some baking before you eat your lunch. That's the best way to do it. Uh, but church, have a fantastic week. We love you. Uh, scene, that's your word for the week. Go, and we will have... Uh, we'll have you back next week. We'll see you then.